All right, folks, welcome into the Orlando Soccer Show preview show as we get ready for Orlando City versus FC Cincinnati. My name is Austin David here with Brent Petkus, former goalkeeper for Bowling Green State University. We're going to be breaking down exactly what FC Cincinnati has done in their first game against the Houston Dynamo. We're going to talk a little bit about Orlando City and what they might do considering they're in a bit of an interesting spot where they have a game on Saturday and then a game on Tuesday in Mexico for the CONCACAF Champions League. So without further ado, let's get into FC Cincinnati. They used to be the bottom of the barrel, and now they are not only playoff contenders, but possibly shield contenders. And uh, Pat Noonan has done an incredible job with this FC Cincinnati team. They have changed their luck around. So without further ado, Brent, tell us more about FC Cincinnati. Yeah, Pat Noonan's squad is looking great. Uh, coming off a 2-1 victory at home versus the Houston Dynamo last week. Um, they're going to set up in a 5-3-2 formation. Um, five, five in the back, three in the midfield, two up top. Um, but when they attack, they're going to look like a 3-5-2 or even a 3-4-3 at some points. Um, they are anchored in the back with Matt Mi- Miazga. Uh, some of you may remember him or his short career in Chelsea, but he was loaned out to many different places. He's going to anchor that back line for them, um, trying to hold those three together. And you're going to see an attack that can be very potent. With Luto Acosta, uh, he's got MVP pedigree for the MLS. It's going to be interesting to see how Orlando City kind of handles an Acosta, someone who's going to run at that back line of Orlando City for the attack. Yeah. Uh, first, first little point in the sin bin for you. You said the MLS. Oh God, that's the mm. worst. That's tiff, that's, tiff. that's 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 a yellow card. Yep, <laughs> it's a yellow card. It's cautioned. Cautioned. Uh, now, uh, you mentioned Lucho Acosta, and and again, this is going to be a very different style of team that Orlando City faced when they played the Red Bulls. The Red Bulls had a very narrow midfield. They like to play it a lot more compact. Um, the FC Cincinnati team won't play as compact. They will press, but not as much and not as decisive in their pressing as the Red Bulls are. Yeah, and when we talk in in soccer terms, it's usually like the line of confrontation. We usually call out that line in in a scouting report. So is it 75%? Are you doing it like three quarters of the field up? Are you doing it at 50%? So Orlando City, a good example of that is Orlando City last, last match. They, their line of confrontation was roughly halfway, 50% or, you know, mm-hmm. at, at the halfway mark. So uh, FC Cincinnati kind of comes 75%. They're, they're just trying to press in such a way that they direct the ball away from the center of the field. And that's just standard defense, defending 101. But they're not going to press at such a high rate where they're looking for a turnover in the opposing third. They're, they're more looking for the attack to be st- Spurred into a side, and then um, their midfield and their back line then goes on the counter, kind of a little bit deeper. They want space in behind. They want space between the defending, the back four, and their mid and uh, the opposing midfield. They want that space for Acosta and and others to kind of run onto. When you have that front two that you you mentioned, uh, whether it be Sergio Santos or Brenner or Brandon Vasquez, you know you have that mix of of pace up top alongside a big physical finisher 
I mean, Vasquez is probably starting no matter what. The question is, is it Sergio Santos or Brenner? Because Brenner had a great season last year, and Sergio Santos kind of joined in a little bit late from Philadelphia with that FC Cincinnati team. But he's potent on the counterattacks. He can, you know, if, if Acosta gets a good ball over top the defense for Orlando City, Santos could be in on goal. Uh, his finishing may be questionable from his, his past couple seasons in MLS, but... If he gets through, it stretches the defense. Vasquez is quick enough to make those runs in. It could be very a very bad day for the defense if they're not careful with some of those counterattacks. Because again, when you're playing with a five in the back, you're almost telling the other teams, hey, we're going to counter against you. Like Our team is set up to, to defend and then bomb numbers forward. Our wingbacks are going to get up. Our, our midfielders are going to kind of compact a little bit to let those players overlap. And then we're just going to run. Uh, do you kind of feel like that's that's how they played against Houston? Yeah, that's that's kind of it. Like Acosta, when he when he was at his most dangerous, it was him running downhill with the ball at the backboard. And I just we kind of saw uh, last week with uh, Schlegel, he kind of his position was a little off. He wasn't punished. They didn't get punished for that. But he Acosta with Vasquez up top, they're gonna find they're gonna punish him for for making those mistakes. Those those mistakes are gonna be amplified. Vasquez, like you said, physically imposing, um, great in the air. He's got some motivation this year. He felt like he should have made that World Cup team uh, for the U.S. men's national team and didn't. So I feel like he has something to prove um, this season. And I, I, he didn't get on the score sheet last match, but I feel like this week he's going to be someone to look out for. Look out for him on set pieces, anything that's being whipped in. Yeah, and again, he's he's proven himself to be a very solid MLS scorer. He's 6'2", he's big, he's physical, he can body the crap out of people. And, you know, again, he proved last year that he can score goals if you let him. Um, definitely, the, you know, the front is going to be very interesting to, to watch out for. But at, for you, I actually wanted to ask you about their goalkeeper, Roman Celentano. 22 years old out of Naperville, Illinois. Played a lot last season, 28 games. Um, came right out of Indiana. Played for the Hoosiers for a couple years. But it, he's young. But he's shown that he is MLS caliber. Yeah, and I think with a young goalkeeper, you're going to see a good shot stopper. I think you saw that a little bit with in the match against Houston Dynamo. He, he made some good stops. Where he kind of gets into trouble is where I think a lot of goalkeepers in MLS have is dealing with crosses dealing in traffic i think they don't you know it's whether to box the ball and and get it out of your area or do you catch and try to hold it you know that decision making process was kind of something that was lacking in the game i felt like he kind of spilled a couple balls that um probably you want him to hold on to but as you said he's a young goalkeeper he's going to get better with every minute that he plays and every experience that he has um so it'll be interesting to see how he he deals in the hostile environment um, that Orlando City has. Um, but, I mean, the, the way Orlando City attacks, it, it will be interesting to see how many balls that we do get whipped in there just to give him a test and see. It'd be interesting to see if that first corner, they normally do play it short. Do they try to just throw one in there near post and try to kind of nip at it to see the, to see what type of decision-making he's going to make? Yeah, because it's, it's always the hardest thing as a goalkeeper, I'm sure you know, is, is those balls that are whipped in. you got to be decisive on those. And if you're indecisive, that could cost your team goals. 
whether you're a good shot stopper or not. If you're if you're not coming out to claim the ball, or if you're sitting back and letting your defense do the work for you, it, it, you got to be decisive. You got to be talkative as well, uh, and make sure that everybody kind of understands what you're trying to do. Uh, if you're not either of those things, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, and like when when you get caught in no man's land, it, it's obvious, and every announcer can see it, and it, it's it's a quick way to lose your position. Um, I was a short goalkeeper, so it's just about, you know, I couldn't catch a whole lot in traffic going up against a 6'4", 6'5", guys. So it was always me boxing the ball out. But the thing that I think you also talked about is shot prevention. You know, he's younger. He has the ability. He's played at, obviously, the Division One level at, in the Big Ten Conference with Indiana Powerhouse. You know, so he's seen opportunities, but how does he direct the defense? And I don't think he does that as much as, as uh, Miazga does. Right, and, and that also kind of plays into the fact where you're playing a back five you have a lot of protection in front of your goalkeeper basically to stop any of those opportunities coming that way Um, because if you just have a full line of defenders you're less likely to have any of those situations come about unless you concede free kicks or corners Uh, and then again that goes back to the point we just talked about when you look I guess kind of shifting gears to Orlando City now you mentioned how Orlando City would get into the attack where do you feel is a place that maybe Cincinnati is a lot more ripe for exploitation in so, the defense? Yeah, the exploitation is going to come off of, and I'm going to try not to mess up his name, Alvaro Barial. Yeah, so he's an excellent outside midfielder. You're going to see him get forward in the attack, and he is going to give Mike Halliday, if he starts at, at right back, his first true test in MLS. Um, so... As a result, you're going to see him fly forward in the attack. But the space in behind where he is supposed to occupy, he has a very difficult time coming back. So the counterattack is going to be ripe. And I don't think it's going to be Halliday going forward in that attack. I think it's when you're going to have to see one of your midfielders. I think you're going to see like maybe Torres running in a diagonal out in that direction to find and occupy that space. Um, they, they gave up a set-piece goal, which for me... Um, I'm riding the Kara train right now. I think he's going to have a bounce back match just because of his physicality. I think that his ability to win set pieces, and that, and that is a weakness of FC Cincinnati after week one, um, those are two two things that I'm going to look for. How, how FC Cincinnati handles set pieces and then the space that is occupied by their left winger, does he get back? Because that space was on against Houston. 26 minute, Houston had an opportunity, couldn't, just didn't have the potency and attack to do that orlando city has that potency they're able to attack and, and quickly so it'll be interesting to see if orlando city exploits the area behind the left back so it'll be mike mike halliday's side but on the left side for them so it'll be interesting can they get balls into that space and can they get beyond that area because it's going to cause the, the three defending backs at that point to spread out which is going to leave a ton of space in the midfield so um, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a situation where they get that ball into space and all three backs cheat too far over and Kara's on the back post and he's going to knock in a sitter. Like th- those are going to be the situations that we're going to see. I think we're going to see in attack for Orlando city. Right. And, and the thing that Kara does well is opportunities set up for him. If he gets service, he's good. And, and that's just the kind of player he is. He needs the service to be able to finish. He's not one that creates for himself. But if you get him service and you've got players around him, like Facundo Torres and uh, Ivan Angulo on the wings and then Martin Ojeda and uh, Mauricio Pereira in the middle, these are guys that can get you the balls. 
Um, and especially with against a team that isn't like the Red Bulls, because, and I keep trying to tell people this, the Red Bulls are like the antithesis of Orlando City. They play the complete opposite of the way Orlando City wants to play. They really muck things up in the midfield. Orlando wants to play through the midfield. And they don't allow a lot of space. Orlando City likes to play with a lot of space. So I think this will be a little bit more in terms of the chance creation. Because, again, last game against the Red Bulls, you had zero shots in the first half. This will open up the game a little bit more based on just the way that Cincinnati and Orlando play. Uh, the biggest thing for Orlando is just watching out for those counterattacks on the defense and making sure that especially you have you know younger guys in the defense on that right side with Schlegel and Holiday. Holiday doesn't have as much MLS experience, and Schlegel uh, had a lot more than he did in prior years in the last half of the season last year with Antonio Carlos out but and with Janssen out. We missed some time, but... Um, he still has those moments where he just gets caught ball watching or he doesn't quite pick up the runners behind him and he has to try and make up for it. And you have Luca Petrasso as well, who is is new. He's also young. He only played one MLS season thus far. So both your fullbacks are green in terms of professional experience. So uh, it's it's a veteran attack for Cincinnati versus a fairly young defensive line for Orlando. Yeah, and you know we're also making these projections based on Orlando playing a similar lineup than they did last week. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know with a game in Tuesday in Mexico, do we see a different lineup and in a different setup form from Orlando City? That's that's the other question mark. I think that it's just so hard to forecast what Orlando City is going to throw out there. Is the three point you know? Is the three points right now at home important? Like, obviously, it's important, but is it more important than a Champions League match in Mexico, where you kind of you need a result, right? You you, you need something. A draw. Um, I think yeah, I think need- a draw is pretty much what you're what you're asking for at this point. And I brought it up in the prop the the actual show a couple of days ago. Is that how often are you going to get these opportunities to play in Champions League? Like, you obviously prioritize Champions League in the in the interim versus the season because no matter what you're qualifying for a chance to make the mls playoffs every year how often are you getting a chance to compete for a champions league final like to to make it to the next round of the champions league final like that has to be your priority at this point just based on how hard it is to make it to this point that orlando city's at yeah and i think that's why i think we may see some rotation we may see some players in here who don't normally have an opportunity so like, I think with the that's attack, why I mean that's why they that's yeah. why they brought in all this depth is to right. be able to have these different rotations and you know I tried to pick Oscar's brain earlier in the week and he really obviously he gave me some coach speak didn't really <laughs> commit to anything. Uh, the good news is there's really nobody on the injury report that is notable that would miss uh, a lot of time other than Antonio Carlos who is still questionable heading into this game but that's nothing new. He wasn't out at training. I don't expect him to play. Um, you know, he's he's a long way from getting back into game shape. I'd say probably another month, but I don't want to okay. put a full on timeline on it. But I think it, the way it's been going, at least another couple of weeks before you even start seeing him in practice, let alone in games. Got it. So other than that, I think uh, Fabian Loyola is questionable, but I don't think you were really expecting him to play either. No. So outside of that, I know a lot of people were, were questioning me about um, Ramiro Enrique, who... 
there was a report that he went out and had an MRI. Uh, he's not on the injury report, so do with that what you will. I like I, I liked him in the last game. I thought he he brought some good energy off the bench. Yeah, and I think he he brought exactly what you want from someone who plays opposite of Kara. Uh, he like he changed. He's a change of pace. He gets behind the defense. He, he stretches it. Gave Orlando some some space and ability to play, but. Um, I mean, we could, we could, you know, I could talk on the car train for, for, for hours, but he may not even play. So they may save him for Mexico and, you know, we may see, you know, Enrique. Macy Enrique, Macy Duncan McGuire, yeah, Duncan Macy McGuire. Jack Lynn even. Yeah, that's true. Here's the thing. Even if Orlando City decides to go with maybe a lesser squad, I still think FC Cincinnati is ripe for the taking. I think they're still not as organized as they were when I saw them at the end of last year, watching some matches at the end of uh, 2022. In the mm-hmm. end of 2022, they were they were compact, they were attacking, and Vasquez was on all cylinders. And I, I, he he looked a little kind of walking around. He, he had a couple of good opportunities, but like I think that three points is here for it. It's just what what resources are Orlando City going to commit on Saturday, and is right. it going to be at the at the at the cost of Tuesday. Yeah. And again, you have to remember every team in this situation is early season. So it's not going to be the, the final product. You have players and teams that are probably playing at 75% of their capacity just because they're still either getting used to the players, the system, the, the pace of the, the season. Like it hasn't quite fully set into that rhythm of the season just yet. So as you say, Cincinnati's right for the taking in that respect, but also Orlando can be vulnerable because of that same aspect of things. Not only are they thinking about this game on Tuesday, but also they're not firing on all cylinders. We saw that against the Red Bulls, but you know, it's a different style of team that they, they're going to come up against. It should help a little bit with less pressure being forced on them, a little bit more time to be able to create, especially for a guy like Martin Ojeda, who really didn't have much to do uh, or couldn't really do much in terms of his creation in that Red Bulls game. So it's going to be very interesting to see if there is rotation and if there is what rotation, who's going to be coming in, who's going to be going out, and then just how the team plays in general. Because, again, we saw we saw what they played against the Red Bulls, and now it's another game, another time, and it's going to be coming fast and furious. Let me ask you this. Orlando City wins this game. How do they do it? Ooh. I hate to say penalty, but um, <laughs> if they do, I, I predicted a 1-1 draw. Okay. If they do win, I feel like it's going to be a, a situation off a corner where there's some foul in the box and they get a penalty. Okay. I feel like if, Just, F, if, if FC Cincinnati wins this match, it is because Acosta is going to be running at that back line and Vasquez catches heat and scores like that's that's going to be the two that's going to be the way if, if fc cincinnati is whipping balls in and acosta's running at the back line it's going to be a long night for Orlando city it it just will um i feel like that's how fc cincinnati is going to find find a way to win win this one yeah and again pedro galese is back there so you have a, a very good capable goalkeeper who again showed why he deserved that extra bit of cash that they gave him for his new contract and definitely saved Orlando in some respects in that game against the Red Bulls. So he'll be he'll probably be a very big factor in this one as well. 
what did you make of, of Pedro's performance? I know you, you kind of said a little bit in the post-game show last week, but I thought he was good. a little bit. I thought he was, you know, decent. Big save at the end. Made the save he needed to. Crosses. A little suspect. A little, you know, I want, I want sure hands back there. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't have sure hands when I was playing. <laughs> I want sure hands. Like, as a, as a coach, I want someone who has sure hands. I want someone who's able to just, when that cross comes in, I know he's going to bring it down. And I sometimes going to hold my breath thinking is he gonna hold this is he not and so that's the only that's the only opportunity i saw for him or weakness that i saw from from week one and aside from that though he's he was my man of match like that save is just a save that only he can make he is so good at being big creating a big barrier right mm-hmm. to make a save when someone's coming in it is so hard to hold your feet and not dive out at that at that attacker in that moment and he just made himself as big as possible he knew he had his um his backs coming back to make that the kind of the back post save so like he did everything you needed on that and so uh, again i would say that out of 10 8 out of 10 performance from him definitely worthy i believe he made match day bench correct yes yes very worthy of that um of that honor so um It'll be interesting to see. I, I still think, like, I'm split, like, there's probably Orlando City fans like, wow, Brent, you're really hard on him. He's spilling crosses. Like, you're, come on. Like, give the guy a break. But if he wants to be, in the in the words of Blake and, and, and Sean Johnson and some of these top MLS goalkeepers, he's got to hold those balls. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, any other final thoughts before we uh, wrap this pregame show up? No, I'll give my prediction. I do think Orlando City is going to find a, another win. I think they're going to win two to one. I, if Kara plays, I find I think he's going to get a goal either on a set piece or something where he's open on the back post. That's kind of my rough prediction. I think it's going to be a two one victory for Orlando City. I do think Acosta is going to run at at Schlegel or whoever's center back and just spin him. I just I just see that happening. Hmm. Yeah, he's he's definitely going to be the danger man. Just like if Martin Ojeda shows up for Orlando City he hopefully would do the same still haven't seen enough from him just yet in terms of what you can gauge on his ability in MLS so uh, I'm looking for him him to kind of break out as well and uh, yeah we'll see how it all plays out uh, like I said before one one draw for me but if they do end up winning it'll be via some sort of penalty so that's it um, join us for our post game show following the game on Saturday be gavin and kyle and possibly brent as well i think you're going to be joining them that's possible yeah we'll see we'll see what happens (laughs) there you go all right thanks for tuning in we'll see you next time